is the first time I've done a podcast episode from the ocean, from the ocean way, aboard uh, the boat Opportune, the catamaran, and I am in the Scottish Islands Peaks race with Joe Simmons. Uh, this is episode 29 of Go Mountain Goats. My name is Finlay Wild, and um, you might hear in the background some, some boaty nautical type noises, because, yeah, as I said, we are, we are racing right now. Um, we we did um, the the pr prologue in Oban for about under half an hour, short run there, and then you all jump in the boats and uh, get going. So while I have done this this race once about 15 years ago, uh, Joe is far more experienced in this race than me, um, having done it how many times? So Finley, this is my. Uh, <laughs> This is my 12th, I think. That's right. Yeah, my 12th Scottish Islands Peaks Race start. Okay. Yeah. Finally, I didn't put my mic on here. Right. Okay. Um, yeah, so this is Joe's 12th time. Yeah. Um, I think the first thing is, yeah, welcome, Joe. Thanks very much for uh, getting me along to join you in this, this team endeavour. It's an absolute privilege, honestly. <laughs> it's great to have you on board, as they say. Um, can you first just yeah tell us a bit um, who are you and uh, what brings you here? We'll wait for the uh, the spinnaker noise to uh, to die down. <laughs> yeah, I think we we might get a bit more noise, but we can start. Yeah, so so my name's Joe uh, Joe Simmons. Um, I guess I'm a, I'm a few things. I'm a, f a fell runner. Um, I'm a pediatrician, um, and I'm a father of three. Um, so I have a, f a few things on my plate. Um, and I'm a, a reasonably experienced Scottish Islands Peaks Race <laughs> contest contestant. Um, so yeah, I mean, I've been I've been fell running all my life. Really, I grew up with it. My, my dad was doing it when I was the moment I was born, uh, taken to many <laughs> many fell races as an infant, um, and explored many mountains as a child. So uh, I yeah, I just picked up picked up the fells um, very early on, and I've never really stopped except when I've been injured. <laughs> and um, oh. we might have a few interruptions because we're going to be. Yeah, there's like, a bit of heckling going on here with, yeah, the, with yeah, yeah. some of the other boats. Yeah, I guess. I guess first thing is uh, to, to say a bit about about you. You've, yeah. Uh, you've, yeah, you've obviously established your dad. Yeah, Hugh Simmons, who's, um, yeah, running CV is extensive. Um, I don't know what he would think of as his his best result. Um, yeah, it's funny if you ask Dad what his best result was. I think he says he says um, this race Vignemal in the Pyrenees in France. Oh right, um, okay. Which was, uh, I think it goes up uh, a peak uh, called Vignemal uh, from uh, from somewhere near uh, Bannière de Luchon. I think it is a big okay. a sort of big uh, continental race. I think it, it was. It, he feels like that was his best best performance um an epic climb i think it goes to sort of three and a half thousand meters and then okay uh, huge descent um but i think you know he's obviously won the three peaks race three peaks of yorkshire race three times um he 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 was competing in a a scene that was extremely competitive you know yeah. in the in the sort of mid to late 80s uh, with the likes of kenny stewart uh, john yeah. wilde um Jack Maitland, you know, yeah, Colin Donnelly coming through. So 80s. it was an extremely uh, competitive time. 
Um, but yeah, he was definitely always always there or thereabouts. Um, so yeah, I have loads of memories of a kid being t- taken to fell races, and we were, you know, we were dad had three kids just like me, and we were, my mum would look after the three of us while dad was running, and then the moment okay. he finished the race. Mum would say, right, here's the kids, and she'd go off for a run. Okay. <laughs> so you never really got a warm down. Um, and obviously, yeah, moving on to yourself, Joe's been British fell running champion in 2012, I think. Uh, 2012, uh, yeah. Yes. FRA British fell running champion, yeah. Um, Yorkshire Three Peaks, you've won twice. Yeah, 2012 and 2013. Hey, we've done a two hour 20 marathon. That's correct, yeah. yeah. One. <laughs> That's the spinnaker. Yeah, I guess, I guess I've sort of tried my um, tried various different types of endurance running. You know, sometimes ex- exclusively focusing on sort of pure fell running. Sometimes moving towards more ultra-ish kind of things like Glencoe Skyline. Um, not so much. Um, not you know a few times, but not not a big thing. And then uh, certainly in 2012, 2013, I've tried you know, focus really on road just to do that yeah. thing of, you know, seeing what I could get a, get a marathon done in. Um, but yes, yeah, throughout that whole period, bizarrely, you know, since we we're on this race, you know, whatever, whatever kind of running I've been doing, I've always, I've always managed to fit into my program doing this. Yes. Yeah. You know, even when I was marathon training, I, I still came here and, and did the Scottish Island Speaks race. Um, and, you know, even when I was focusing on relatively short things, I came here. So I think it's it's something that can potentially fit in with all sorts of different kind of approaches to to running. So yeah, it's a it's a good event. And in in this event, um, you obviously had a lot of yeah great years. What in terms of sort of your your uh, I suppose best achievements, proudest achievements in this race, in the Scottish Islands race. What what would you say? Uh, yeah. So I mean. I mean, do you want to go through this? I could tell you about how I ended up doing it in the first place, if you want, because it's quite... Um, yeah, yeah. It's quite funny. That'd be, that'd be good. So, I didn't know... So, actually, I suppose I might have been vaguely aware of this event because when I was uh, when I was six, <laughs> um, my dad ran all the Munros consecutively and, and the 3,000-foot mountains in England, Wales and Ireland um, in, in this, a continuous run. And one of his, he started at Ben Hope, um, and finished the Munros on Ben Lomond, and uh, and then ran on to to the Lake District and Snowdonia. So unlike quite a few people who do Munro rounds, he he didn't start on Mull. Okay. Um, a lot of people start on Mull because then you only have to cross, you know, a reasonable stretch of ocean once. Yeah, yeah. Um, he started at. Ben Hope because he was obviously trying to get to England so he had this he wanted to do it without any mechanical power at any point um, but obviously you can't run across the ocean um, so I think through links with runners uh, who had done this race um, which began in 1981 and um, he was put in contact with a, a sailor um, a guy called Fergus who, who had a boat and basically offered him a wind-powered uh, trip from okay uh, Dunstaffnage actually, which is just north of Oban to to Saarland, so he could do Ben Moore as part of his Munro round. Um, so that was in 1990, um, 
and then but yeah my dad never did the race so I, but I was kind of vaguely aware that there was this running sailing race there and then I started medical school in Dundee in 2002 so um, when I was 19 years old um, and at that point I'd only ever run maybe maximum 10-12 miles in one run you know and wasn't doing sort of long long runs at that age um, and I was attending a, a first year lecture in neurology in in late May um, along with sort of 160 other people in my class and at the very beginning of this lecture the lecturer said is there anyone in this room who is a, a hill runner or a fell runner um, and if so please put your hand up so I'm I put my hand up and no one else out of 160 people put their hand up. And he said, right, I need to see you at the end. <laughs> so I dutifully at the end of the lecture went down to speak to this guy. Okay. Um, but I had to wait my turn because there were a few people who wanted to ask some questions about the lecture. <laughs> and then he, sort of, he was sort of fed up with answering these questions about neurology. And then he said, oh, what do you want? I said, well, you asked to see me um, at the end to do with running. He said, ah, yes, OK, um, I'm doing this race. Uh, called the Scottish Islands Peaks Race, which involves sailing about 200 miles and running about 70 miles. Um, and one of my runners, there's two runners in a team, and one of my runners has just had to pull out because he's okay. got a bereavement. Um, so can you, do you want to take his place? So I was a bit kind of <laughs> shocked, obviously. I wasn't expecting this. Um, and But I just said, yeah, all right, <laughs> sounds fun. Um, so he said, that's fine, but we're leaving in two hours for Oban, so you better go. And, and he gave me this list of all this stuff I needed to pack, you know, basically the runner's kit list and various equipment. Um, so I just went back to my hall of residence, packed all this stuff, you know, which I obviously had because I was into outdoors, so I had all the sleeping bags. And, um, and, uh, and then just met this guy a couple of hours later, and we drove to Oban, and then the following day we set off on the... Scottish Islands wow. Peaks race for the first time. So that was, I was 19. Uh, like I say, I'd never run more than sort of 10 miles before, and then I was doing this thing where, you know, each leg it goes up to. Well, the open leg is sort of 24 miles or something. Um, the, and the mull leg, yeah. Yeah, and uh, I'd never been on a sailing boat before either. Um, <laughs> and the wind was pretty windy, you know. So it's one of the, you're either you're at one angle or another depending on the direction of the wind. Um, but it was a, just this amazing experience and, yeah, something that I'd never, never experienced before, that kind of event. Uh, and I just kept coming back um, with him thereafter, so um, with various different partners, actually. So, uh, yeah, some, some with better sea legs than others, I'd say. Uh, so that, that was how I got into it. Um, I, I did it, I think I did it three times with my brother. Um, I only managed to finish it once with my brother because of various problems um, in terms of weather and uh, not being able to get around the sailing aspect of the course. And But then one particularly, I think the year I sort of did, really focused on trying to run really well was 2012 um, when I did it with Robbie Simpson, who's been on your yes, podcast before. Yes, um, uh, so And yeah, we really went for it in terms of trying to break some some records so the overall record for for the running we'll probably cover the we'll talk about what the actual running involves as, yeah, as we yeah. go through this race i guess um was 
uh, something like nine hours, 34 minutes for, for when you add up all the, all the running times. And uh, so then Rob, Robbie and I did it in nine hours, 17 minutes. Um, so that's, as far as I know, the records on the website aren't perfect, but I've had a good look through them and I'm pretty sure that's the, the fastest running time. Um, so that was 11, 11 years ago. Um, and we and on that year we did the fastest running time on, on the mull leg. So that's the record for that. Um, but I still have the ambition of trying to do the fastest running time on Jura, um, which hasn't, so which currently is a record from 1990, uh, I believe. Uh, Mark Ruby and Ian, Ian Farningham, is it Ian Farningham? Alan Farningham. I'd have to check. I think it's Alan Farningham. Um, and, but I do have the fastest time on Aaron now, actually, from 2016 uh, okay. with with Ez Tresseter, um when we did uh, two hours 44 so yeah I've got you just uh, got one more to get yeah so I've yeah I've got a, sort of a got a mission for Jura maybe this year <laughs> I was just thinking when you were saying about doing it with various partners whose sea legs were like, yeah better or worse so mine have yet to be established don't know how well you're not you're definitely not the worst yet Finley so I mean I mean you can share your own experience because you you have done this before so I guess you've had um you probably had you know a bit about how you cope with the sea um certainly the second year I ever did it um so 2004 when I came back as a 20 year old uh I did it with a, a a pal Rob Little runs for Dark Peak um and he so he was in the sort of England junior uh, mountain running team with me. So he, I think he was either my age or, or one year younger. Um, and he really, really struggled. So basically it was, it was a bit like the conditions we have today, you know, very mild. There's not, we're not really being swelled around much here, are we? Um, and within minutes of getting All onto right. the boat, he was, he was vomiting. <laughs> Um, so that was uh, yeah, that was a pretty challenging time, um, and I guess his salvation was that uh, that year, after we got off Mull, we were told that our boat had broken, um, so we didn't have to we didn't have to okay. put him through any more any more misery. Uh, but I have had I have had runners who yeah they've struggled partners who've struggled, and I felt a responsibility to try and make sure they keep up their intake because the worst thing is if you. If you've been vomiting on the boat, or you don't feel like eating, and then you get to the island and you've got to run 24 miles, you're going to need to put some fuel into yourself. Yes. And um, even if you don't feel like it, so it's about kind of forcing the energy gels. It's getting a little bit choppy because yeah. the ferry ferry just went past us. We're just uh, opposite Craig Newer Castle, uh, yeah. I think, isn't it? On um, just going into. That was called Craig Newer. Yeah. I think so. Going into. Well, the ca uh, yeah, I may be wrong, but I think that's what it is. And going into the sound of Mull, and the wind's died off a bit. The ferry's just gone past Duart us. Castle, I think. Duart yeah. Castle, Duart Castle, yeah. Um, and I'm seeing a boat behind us is getting their oars out. Nice. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, my, briefly, yeah, my experience. So I, 15 years ago, I was on Memic, which is a, was a red and yellow trimaran that was, I think, Fast and seaworthy, but pretty small and cramped in the sleeping accommodation down in the bottom. And I, yeah, just remember being pretty sick and just not really coping with doing anything below deck and just yeah. 
didn't have food prepared or anything, so just really not eating from like Mull <laughs> very much after that. And just I hadn't done a huge amount. It sounds like similar to when you were 19. I, you know, I hadn't done much distance running, and yeah. I, it just you know even the first run on Mull was uh, or the first big run on Mull was uh, was a bit too much for me. So I just had to kind of like survive and get yeah, um, yeah. pulled around by Henry Blake. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, it can it can be a matter of sort of survival, really, you know, in, in every element, can't it? You know, you got to you got to survive the the, the sea journey, um, and then then if you depending on how experienced you are in the mountains, yes, uh, survive survive that run. I think probably we've got to the point where we're we're more anxious about the sailing than we are about the running, because <laughs> I, I guess there's this bizarre thing where you know. We, when you've got enough experience of running, you you become a master of being able to control the things that you can control, can't you? So mm, yeah, you, know, that's true. You, you know, you know which footwear to wear. You know how to navigate yourself around the mountains, um, and how to refuel. You kind of, you've got all these aspects of control, and then suddenly in this race, there's this whole element that you have absolutely no control over whatsoever. You know, you can. We have no idea, Finley, what time we're going to land no. in Sarah. You know, they could announce to us, oh, we're going to be there in half an hour. I don't think that's likely. Um, or they, you know, we could still be sat in this boat in eight hours' time. <laughs> Pretty exciting. So, yeah, is that... Un- and I, I, don't, I don't know. I think maybe, maybe some people find that troublesome, anxiety-provoking, but, you know, the, there's a flip side to that, and there's a, there's a sense of freedom as well, you know, as in you can just say, well... I just I have I cannot control that. There's no way I can control that. Yeah. So I'll just let be what what will be. And I think for for people who know that when we do a race, it's always going to start. At, you know, you've been preparing all you know for a month for a race. You know, it's going to start yeah. at half ten or eleven o'clock, twelve o'clock. It's kind of a bit of a welcome relief to have that kind of complete random element to it. That's Are we going to be running in the yeah, dark? Yeah. Are we going to be running in the light? Who knows? You know. <laughs> And it's yeah, it's the whole. We're sort of in it for the whole, the whole thing. So yeah, yeah, yeah it's a, a long because it might take what forty hours or yeah, yeah. longer or. And you never lose that so. sense of the fact that you're, you're racing. Actually, you know, I think we we still. Feel, I mean, we're sat here chatting, eating cake, you know, drinking <laughs> tea, and so obviously we're not putting our body through any strain, but we're still getting that buzz because we know we're in a race. You know. Yeah. And I I like that because I you know I don't know. Neither of us has done any other race that's lasted, um, you know, 50 oh. hours continuously, have we? <laughs> you know? And looking out kind of behind us, there's this array of all types of different boats, all roughly on the same, uh, the same course down to Salon on Mull. Yeah. But they've all got slightly different techniques. Like, yeah, there's one with a couple of guys rowing at the front at the moment. Uh, obviously, they've all got sail up, but taking slightly different courses. Um, I, I missed my point where I wanted to ask you more generally before we go more specifically yeah, into the Peaks race. Um, just, I would be curious to ask, like, what, what of your many sort of running uh, achievements over the years, like, what, what ones are you most kind of pleased with, most proud yeah, of? Yeah, yeah. I think for me, the most, you know, it's all about. It's not about what position I come in a race or what time I get. It's about in terms of being pleased with the performance it's about knowing that I've put what I've 
things have come together right well for me you know I've, yeah, I've yeah. put in a decent block of training uh, I've been focused and I've prepared as well as I possibly can for the day and executed my race yeah. perfectly um, and I think that's been that has been a challenge for me to, to do it that often you know because I've I've had quite a lot of other kind of interruptions not interruptions but you know commitments in my life yes. you know in terms of for the you know for the last you know 14 years I've been working a rotor where I've had to be doing night shifts quite quite frequently um, you know I've obviously got three young children um, but I think the, the, the one performance where all of that did you know where I basically said I'm dedicating an entire year to, to one one race and I pretty much everything went to plan uh, was back in 2007 when I did the world mountain running championships um, well one of my world mountain running championships um, competing for Scotland bef before it became a, a sort of official international and okay. amateur athletics federation affiliated event and then it became a GB team um, so 2007 September the 13th 2007 was the world trophy in Switzerland um, okay. in Ovranaz so up and down course um, so that was about 10 kilometers um, maybe 800 meters of climbing or something like that okay. um, and I think yeah I'm pleased with how I prepared for the race and how I executed the race that day because it was a three-lap course and after lap one I was in something like 50th position um, and I thought you know there was a moment when I thought well hang on is this not really going as well as I wanted because I was aiming for top 10 um, and then lap two I realized that I was keeping a pretty steady pace but everybody was coming back to me so okay. I came through lap two in about 15th position Okay. Um, and then came around, around lap three um, and I got myself into third um, and then had a sprint finish actually because an Eritrean guy came flying from behind me and we got given the same time but he was given third and I was given fourth okay um, huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah there's an, a, a classic photo of this, me doing a sort of full dip for the line oh, you know sprinter wow. style um, so I think yeah, of, of all my performance that still remains my, my sort of proudest I suppose yeah, yeah. achievement because you know it was a big thing I was very focused on it and I, I guess it gave me it, it gave me a clear example of how actually if you if you pace a, a race right um, you, you know you're not necessarily you can do well by not necessarily being I maybe wasn't the fourth best runner in the field that day but I was definitely the 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 one who ran smartly you know <laughs> I was able to to, to judge it so that I was keep, keeping a steady pace and not decelerating each lap. <laughs> yeah, I think that's really interesting what you said to start with there about it's it's when it, when you've prepared for something and you know you've thought about it a lot and then yeah. actually the, the race everything executes as you want and yeah. some I've had races like that where you know you, you don't win but you just feel actually that was that yeah. went as well as I could have expected. Yeah, I pushed myself as much as I yeah as I could have expected. Yeah. Brilliant. Okay, well, we're picking up some speed now. There's a bit yeah. of wind come from somewhere. Um, for someone who hasn't ever heard of the Scottish Islands Peaks race, is it worth us maybe just laying yeah, out so. <clears throat> the kind of broad, in broad strokes, what 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 we're doing? Yeah. <laughs> um, so there are various different 
competitions within within this actually, but maybe we'll talk about the main one. Yeah, okay. yeah. So, um, the the standard uh, sort of setup is that you have a team of five, yeah, um, and the team of five will consist of three sailors and two runners, yeah, um, and so traditionally you have this. There's not a lot of overlap, I don't think, in social circles between runners and sailors. So, you know, there's often this sort of kind of matching kind of thing going on where you've got a couple of runners who are looking for a team and yeah. uh, and a team of sailors that are looking for runners and, and, um, and you end up with effectively a couple of runners who maybe don't particularly know the sailors but get to know them very well <laughs> during the race. Um, so, yeah, the, the runner's role really is to to be put on the islands and run the courses and then get back and recover. Um, and to very little extent, I don't think you're not really asked to contribute much to the sailing because we don't know how to <laughs> sail these things. Um, and then the sailors do all this incredible stuff to, to get you as quickly as you can from one island to another. Um, and then so the course. Um, so it begins at midday on the Friday, um, usually the third Friday in May um, and it begins at Oban Sailing Club and there's a course over um, some hills just sort of south of Oban which is about 250 metres of climbing fast path running um, how far is it? about 7k somewhere? Yeah. Yeah. 6.5-7k um, and that's really just to stagger the, the start out of, out of Oban Bay um, so the two runners set off follow this marked course and then run down to, to the, to the pier, and get rowed out to the boat, um, and then then you clamber onto the boat, and the, the boat sails. Um, so the first sailing leg then takes you from Oban to Salen on Mull, sort of midpoint Mull, uh, and then the first big running leg uh, is a course over Benmore, um, so out out along the road to the, to the bottom of Benmore, a circuit around Benmore Summit with a couple of checkpoints to the north of Benmore um, and back to back to the road and back to Saarland and that's about 24 miles or 38 kilometres. Then you get back, road back out to your, um, to your boat and sail down through uh, what's called the Sound of Lewing um, and you've got to get to Craig House on Jura. Um, so Craig House, the sort of settlement on Jura. Um, that route, that sailing route, occasionally, I think, depending on tides and winds and stuff, sometimes people go to the west of Jura, but most of the time people go to the east of Jura. Okay. Um, and, and then when you get to Craig House, again, you get rowed ashore, and there is a, a course on Jura, which is about eight, 15 miles, yeah, 24 kilometres, 15 miles. Um, which is basically to take you over the three paps, um, Ben Achulis, Ben Anor, and Ben Hina. Um, so the three main main paps on Jura, and, and a bit like the Jura Fell race. So it's it's basically the Jura Fell race without the three hills before the main paps and without Coraben, which is after the three paps. And and you you come back to the road at what they call the three arch bridge, um, and run down the road for about three miles, something like that, back to Craighouse. Um, and then you get back on your boat, and the next sailing leg uh, is to take you to Lamlash on Arran. But of course, you've got the Mull of Kintyre in in the way. Um, so there's a, a, the biggest sailing leg is then from Craig House to Lamlash round the bottom of the Mull of Kintyre. 
um, and that's where the tidal tidal movements are really important because you basically can't sail it's impossible to sail around the Moluccan tire against the tide pretty much um, and then you, you come into Lamlash and Lamlash is about three miles south of Brodick the main town on Arran um, so there's a, a sort of coastal run to Brodick and then you follow the main tourist path up to the top of Goat Fell and <laughs> Finley's clocking this like, I need to know where I'm going here yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, and then you retrace that route entirely on the way back um, and then you get back to your boat and you sail from Lamlash to Troon um, and into the marina at Troon and you have to run up the pontoon and that's when you finish <laughs> So yeah, three. So a little running leg in Oban, three big running legs. One on Mull, one on Jura, one on Aran, um, and it, and then all this sailing adds up to about two hundred miles or something of sailing, I think. Uh, and the running, I think, is about seventy miles. And yeah, all this. The obviously we're talking mostly about the running aspect, but the sailing aspect. There's all this um, uh, west coast Scotland cruising kind of practicality stuff that I think it's pretty pretty hard sailing isn't it like you said about the tides and getting around the Mall of Kintyre and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know dealing with night sailing and all the rest of that yeah, yeah. which must be you know really exciting for the, yeah. the sailors as well yeah I mean it's I mean these these sailors there I mean they're, they're such good guys aren't they they're, and then they they talk I mean they, they the way they talk about us is that we just need to be looked after because we've got this really <laughs> important job um, of running on these hills but I mean we're we're running, you know, hopefully for about nine, ten hours, you know, um, yeah. and what we have to do, I think, is relatively, relatively simple, you know. Well, it feels simple now because we've been doing it for a wee while, haven't we? So, you know, just follow the route, don't don't bonk, you know, take plenty <laughs> of fuel on, uh, try not to fall over. Um, whereas, you know, there's a load more variables in what these guys are doing. Yeah, in, you know, they've got, I think, there's a lot more cognitive demand. That, you know, they've got to be looking where the wind is, planning ahead, um, knowing exactly what the tides are doing, where these tidal traps are. You know, there's certain gaps between islands where if the, if the tide's going against you, you don't stand a chance. And, and it's, it's much more a feat of endurance for them because they hardly get any sleep. You know, over a weekend, if we're running for only nine, ten hours, that <laughs> means they're only getting nine or ten hours of sleep, you yeah. know. Whereas we, could, we can potentially have 40 hours sleep or something, you know. Um, we could be sleeping I, now. Yeah, we could be sleeping. And you know, I was saying to to the, the team, I did this. Um, I did this one year when I had two two young. You know, I've got three children now, but when I had two, um, and I think I was working a lot of night shifts at the time, and I hardly hardly getting much sleep. And I basically every moment that I was not running during this race, I was sleeping. You know, and. Um, and it was actually just, it was the best rest I'd had for months. And I was just talking to um, Jasmine Paris and Conrad, um, who were do, they're on one of the boats as well, and they were saying exactly the same thing, you know, with their two young children, and uh, they, they're, they're with uh, Conrad's parents, and uh, they're probably going to get the best sleep that they've had for, for months um, by being in this race. So it's not all bad. <laughs> What, um, that's probably a good point to ask you about some of the, the hardships you maybe have uh, endured over the, over the years um, in this race. Do you, do you remember anything in particular that's been really grim? Um, so I think the, most, the biggest disappointments have actually been these, um, 
as a result of uncontrollables, I think. You know, there was there was one year certainly when I was running really well with my brother. Um, I think it was maybe 2008 or 2009. Um, I think it was 2009. We were, we were doing really well. We were setting. We set a really good time on um, on mole, a, a new record, which you know was the record on mole. But then it, we I suddenly subsequently ran faster with with Robbie in 2012. Okay. Um, and we got around. Dura pretty well as well, and we were thinking we might have a crack at this record, the 1990 record, the King of the Bends, um, and then we we just couldn't get round the Mullet Island, so we um, so I was on the. I think that's just the mainsail being tied. Great. So I think yeah the way the way these boats work so is that if the wind is coming straight against you you know so if you're basically sailing straight into a headwind um, you you can make reasonable progress but you have to you have to tack a lot you know so you have to basically zigzag against the wind so that it's it's angled against your sail you can sail 45 degrees yeah, can't yeah, yeah. you um, Zigzag so, back and forth. So we'd finished on Jura and we were trying to get around the Mull of Kintyre and it was, it was you know, storm force, gale force, something or other, um, headwinds. And we basically went between the Mull of Kintyre and Northern Ireland and back about eight times oh. um, over a 12-hour period and made no progress. Oh. <laughs> and then, you know, and it was just grim because we were being tossed you know from one tack to another um every 20 minutes or so and unable to you know stand stand still get comfortable and then eventually they said we, we're not going to go on you know we can't we're not going to get there yeah, yeah. um and then they just turned on the motor and and, and motored into hard fern um and we went home you know it's just so <laughs> very disappointing and you know and in retrospect they said what they should have done is just waited for the tide to turn so just gone into Macrohanish Bay dropped an anchor okay waited for the tide to turn and then they could have gone round but the sailors were just so exhausted with all this high intensity yeah, yeah. sailing that they, they they couldn't now wait for the tide to turn because yeah they were too tired um, so yeah that was that was disappointing um, I thought that would be really hard at the time to decide that we're going to go and anchor for would it be yeah, like yeah. 12 hours probably. Uh, well, I suppose the tides turn every six hours, six. don't they? So um, I think the, yeah, the worst it can be against you for really is for six hours. Yeah, okay. Um, so just it would have been six hours, yeah. I think, it, I think but, other teams did do that and got, and got round. Okay. Um, you know, there, there's, uh, there's other times where it's frustrating in that, you know, you, th you, you get ready to be launched at Lamlash. And Lamlash can often be a sort of still pond, mill pond kind of situation. Um, and I think that might happen this time. <laughs> we'll yeah. wait and see. Um, and you're, you, 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 so you've got all your kit on, you've eaten maybe two hours before, you're ready to be launched at Lamlash, and then you're just sat 
in Lamlash Bay <laughs> for an hour, two hours, you know, oh. <laughs> bobbing up and down, going nowhere, looking at Goat Fell, <laughs> agonizingly, I want to be up there, but we can't get there. <laughs> um, so that, yeah, that's another frustration. Um, I don't, yeah, I'm not really that fussed about how how we do overall, to be honest. Okay. I'd like to run the legs quickly. Yeah. I've never had the experience of being first boat in, though, so Okay. I guess that maybe should be something I should aim for. But it's difficult. It's difficult to have an ambition for something that is completely out of your control, you know. And there's different classes of boat as well, yeah, isn't yeah, there? Yeah, yeah, and obviously a whole... Um, you know, we agonise as runners sometimes about like what what are the best trainers for yeah. for something, but um, it's like that times a thousand for the choice of boat, presumably yeah. on this kind of thing. Yeah, I guess they can't just go. Oh, I'm not happy with this boat. I'll go to <laughs> run for it and get a new one. But um, <laughs> yeah, I think they invest. I mean, Gordon, the guy who owns this boat, you know, is, um, he's a retired GP from from Stranraer, and um, he's he. He's meticulous, you know, and he, he he got this boat a couple of years ago, and as a as a, a, a sorry Hulk, I think he called it, and um, and he's invested so much time, you know, personal time, effort, expertise into making it seaworthy and and good. Um, and it's not, you know, if I've got a problem with my car, I take it to the garage and expect someone to be able to work out what's wrong with it. But if, if it's your boat, I think you basically do all that yourself yeah. you know you've got to work out how every component works you know them um, and yeah it's an absolutely beautiful boat it's called opportune and we're sailing with uh gordon ian and andy and yeah they're uh, they're busy doing all the racing trimmings while we're just chilling out alan yes what did i say andy oh andy yeah sorry alan <laughs> um what can you tell us much about the history of the race um, so this is the 40th one. Yeah, I think the T-shirts that they that some people got at the start say it's 40th, okay. the 40th Scottish Islands Peaks race. Um, and by my reckoning, it's the first one was in 1981. Okay. Um, so it's happened every year bar three. Um, so it didn't happen in 2001 because of the foot and mouth outbreak. It didn't happen in 2020 and 2021 because of the COVID outbreak. Um, so it's been going for 43 years, but it's um, well, this is its 43rd is year, it. but it's 40th iteration. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't know who, who started it or why. <laughs> Maybe we should look that up. But um, yeah, I yeah I don't know, but I I uh, I think it's always something that's yeah in the calendar there and yeah, yeah. unlike you you have managed to keep coming back i've sort of always meant to come back yeah, but yeah. never quite kind of yeah got back involved in the team and, and things and yeah absolutely yeah. Uh, excited to to be doing it this time yeah. what um the idea was maybe we were going to talk a little bit about how our race is going this time yeah, and yeah. then maybe assuming we're not too sick we could uh, check back in I suppose after each, yeah. each leg. Maybe we could good uh, good audio if we are. Yeah. <laughs> How are you, Finley? <laughs> um, yeah. So how's it been so far uh, this time for you, Joe? Yeah. So I think the. I mean, the thing is, you have this big sort of psychological build-up for it because you know there's this. Uh, you're going to have to do a lot of running over a weekend, um, and then it begins in this kind of slightly unusual way because it's a very short 
relatively fast run around Oban, and so everybody's a bit psyched and primed. And uh, I think the the trick is to mentally not get carried away because you know you can't, you definitely can't really lose anything by just jogging around that route in uh, in Oban. Um, but you could potentially lose it all by going too hard, Trash your legs. trashing your legs, injuring yourself. So I think, yeah, it's just about sort of keeping a cool head and enjoying the run and treating it a bit like a warm-up. Um, and so that's, I think that's what we did, wasn't it? It's, just, it was, it's, a, it's, a, fab, I mean, it's a funny thing because you, you're in this event with a whole load of people, many of whom you know, and that's maybe the last we'll see of a lot of them, you know, because... Yeah. Um, because we're now all going to be spaced out. You know, we might see some if we're, you know, passing them on the hill, um, or you know, some going off, some people coming off the hill at the same time as others are going on, and those sections that are out and back. Um, but that's sort of the only real social element we're going to have now is among ourselves as a team. Really, yeah, that's <laughs> true. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So. I think yeah, there's this there's this lovely buzz. I think there's good atmosphere down there, isn't it? Yeah, it's great. Start, so. and, and actually, one of the things that really struck me like straight away was just like the lack of commercialism for it with it. Yeah, yeah. Um, commercialization, I suppose. Um, you know, it's pretty low key. It's at the local yacht club. Yeah. And um, yeah, you can buy a t-shirt or a buff or whatever, yeah. but there's not any. There's not any big sort of sponsors and yeah, yeah. yeah and uh, and yeah. It's uh, just people kind yeah. of getting on with it for the for the challenge. Yeah. I mean, I wonder what. It, I wonder if it's partly protected from you know because other races that have traditionally been, you know, sort of pure fell fell races have have become sort of vulnerable to that to some extent, haven't they? You know, yeah, yeah. I think you know something like the Three Peaks, which you've obviously done recently, has it's all you know it it, it was always sponsored. I think it used to be the was it the Daily record. Oh yeah, the mirror the daily record. or something. Daily mirror. That was it. Not the record. <laughs> That'd be Scotland. Um, the daily mirror three peaks race, and people yeah. used to have to wear these sort of daily mirror um, vests, like orange okay, vests. Yeah. But but certainly more recent. I think they went then went for a lull period where it wasn't really sponsored and was sort of just a classic fell race. And now more recently, it's become kind of quite quite commercialised, hasn't it? In the, in the sort of arena around the start and finish, um, but and I imagine a lot of the pure sailing races get quite like that as well. But maybe because this race doesn't really fit into either yeah, camp, yeah, that's true. Yeah, you know, it, it doesn't really attract that kind of sponsorship um, thing. You know, because there's not a lot of things that are marketed to both sailors and no. runners. <laughs> And I, and I guess there's the whole factor that, you know, owning a yacht and, you know, all the maintenance and everything, that's a really, that's an expensive thing yeah, anyway, yeah. isn't it? Um, you know, it's, it's, uh, that's a factor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but, but yeah, you do get a nice sense of purity. <laughs> it's, it's brilliant. Yeah. yeah, it's just lovely even just travelling by the boat, um, just hearing the water lapping and... Yeah sails up everywhere it's quite nice to also know that all these boats are sort of on the same the same purpose yeah you know sometimes when you're out uh on a boat or a ferry or something there's, there's, there's other sailing boats around but you don't really know where they're going or what they're doing and 
it's quite there's quite a kind of un unity that everyone's on the same goal. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and there's a kind of way where, you know, it's a race where it's kind of, yeah, we're being competitive about this, but it doesn't have that kind of pure, ferocious, competitive kind of sense to it, does it? You know, most people are just out here to get round in one piece yeah. and, you know, enjoy the experience and not get too sick. Um. And I think probably that's probably quite a good place to leave it for now. Yeah. And then we'll come back, uh, hopefully, after... Um, after we've had our run on, on Mal yeah. and uh, check in again. Great. And we're back with the update having, uh, having run on Mal. And uh, we're now sitting, uh, what's it, about half past ten. Just coming up for half ten at night, it's just starting to get dark. Well, it's just getting dark. And uh, there's not a lot of wind, it's very chill in the cabin here. Yeah, it's pretty relaxing, isn't it? <laughs> as um, long as you're not stressed about the lack of progress. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how how did that go? <laughs> how are we doing? How's yeah, the I team think, going? Yeah. Well, I think we're probably doing as well as we can can be expected. They tell us that this boat's not the best in light winds because it's got multiple holes. So um, I think there was an expectation that some of the lighter single hull boats would come past us and they did yeah so we, yeah, what yeah. did we get into Salen in 13th place or something like that something, something yeah like that. that yeah yeah um and then then we set off running didn't we after an intense kit check <laughs> it's really fun actually because yeah you sort of um you row over you get rowed over in the wee dinghy run up the shore you got your kit check you've got a five minute kind of the clock the clock stops doesn't it stop. well, everyone's got this five minute timeout. get a kit check and then um, yeah, and you go again, and along about 7k on the road, the road road, and then about 3k on a track Yeah. Uh, first. Before you sort of hit the hit the hill proper. Yeah. So we had road shoes for that, and then change the shoes, and yeah, then hit, hit the hill. Yeah. Uh, which is good. I don't. I didn't really remember it that much, to be honest. From, no. uh, from ages ago, but it was fun. I think. Yeah, we were moving pretty well uphill. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it was a, it was a pretty good performance on the hill. Um, I I think I bonked <laughs> on the top of Ben Moore. I could feel it coming. Okay. Maybe I think. The not a full bonk, you know, but definitely felt my legs went to jelly for a wee while. A mini bonk. A mini bonk, yeah. It's tricky because basically you have your breakfast, you do this run around Oban instead of having lunch, effectively, and then yeah. you're not really sure whether to eat something massive or not because you're not sure whether it's going to take you two hours to get to Salen. That's just the Coast Guard in the background there. Yeah. Um, or it's going to take you four or five hours. How long did it take us? Mm. So we left Oban at half twelve, and we got to Salen um, about quarter to five, was it? Okay, so yeah, yeah so it was quite a quite yeah, sometime a time. between half four and quarter to five, I think. So it was about four hours, wasn't it? Yeah, and we had a couple sense. of uh, peanut butter sandwiches and a cup of soup. 
We started running at 428. 428, there we go. There we go. Um, yeah, and then... So maybe you didn't eat enough. Uh, I think yeah. yeah, I think that's that's my diagnosis there, I think. Mm. Um, and those gels, you know, what, 100 calories per gel? It's not going to... Yeah. It's not a meal, is it? <laughs> um, so, yeah, I could feel that coming on on the steep bit because you'd sort of take a bit of... It's a nice route. You, 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 hit, you come off the track, you follow this sort of sloping, really boggy, tussocky in places path up to this this Baylach, and then you, you, there's not a path, really. There's a sort of little trod, isn't there? And but you're running on a bearing, really, to try and get to the 600-metre point so you can contour around to get to the main ridge which is between Ben Moore and its sister peak which I think is called Accure is it? Yeah yeah. Um, and then the last sort of maybe 800 metres running the last sort of 200 metres of climbing is on this little path which is a bit sketchy it's not an obvious path is it? Comes and goes a bit there's multiple yeah. options um, and I could feel yeah that's not great and then I got to the summit and started running downhill and my legs were just jelly and fell over um, but I think I picked it up with another gel and we sort of ambled on down to the second checkpoint, which is sort of hidden at a stream junction. Struggled to find it initially, didn't we? Well, you just don't want to go too low, do you? Yeah. So you can't see it so easily from above. Yeah. And you're just looking around, don't want to miss it. But it was, yeah, where, where you'd expect it. <laughs> and then it's sort of, you know, sort of contour fest, isn't it, thereafter? You, sort of, yeah. you contour around to get to the, the Baylach between Akior and Ben Fadder, um, which is another smaller sort of ridge um, to, the, to the west, is it? To, no, to the east, probably. Um, yes. And then you drop back down into that same glen, which is Glen Clackaig, that, um, that you ran up but down the other side. And more, more sort of contour-tastic time, isn't it? A lot on, of contour, uh, yeah. On things where you're trying to find a path, but... You keep thinking, oh, that path down there might be a bit better than the one I'm on. And then you get there and it turns out it's not. <laughs> um, and then we got back to our shoes. Yeah. Yeah. And what a relief, eh? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't, th- I don't think the road was a relief. No. I, I felt I was working. A, I w- it felt harder than the speed we were going on the road. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. It's a funny it phenomenon. Nice. I didn't feel like I didn't feel like we were running slowly on the way back, and we weren't. We we were knocking off maybe four twenty, four thirty per k yeah. or something, whereas we were doing four minutes per k on the way out because we had fresh legs and yeah. But it didn't feel. It, there's this weird thing where you're running, you're running slower. You definitely are, but it didn't, we didn't feel like we were <laughs> plodding, did we? Not really. What's What's so impressive is that yeah, when you got that record for a mile with with Robbie Simpson. Uh, yeah was it was basically half an hour faster wasn't yeah. it yeah well we would i said to you this this is me and robbie had finished in 2012 and we were just getting to the road with 7k to go yeah <laughs> yeah that's mental isn't it's it it's pretty cool <laughs> yeah. um and i was saying to you i think what we did was i think we were probably we set off along the road at similar pace um but we were we were doing training where we could probably tolerate that better than either of us can you're just Robbie, now because yeah. you've done a schemo season and not got so much you know mileage in your legs um i've only really got back to kind of proper proper training over the last sort of two months because of plantar fasciitis and just yeah. general fatigue last year 
But that's probably the most I've run on the road since uh, yeah. last time I did the Scottish Highlands <laughs> Ridge. Yeah, hell, I thought you went and did some tempo runs sometimes <laughs> up Bent Glen. Canal. Canal, Canal, Canal is it? Yeah. That one is. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's not only road. Then is it? That's a towpath. <laughs> yeah. Technically different. <laughs> no, I have run on the road, but um, yeah, it is great. It was yeah. it was real fun, and it's quite cool how it does that. Uh, the kind of loop around the yeah, and you said at one point this is quite sociable, isn't it? Because yeah. you know, obviously we were running reasonably quick, so we passed a lot of teams, and they were on the way up the hill, and they were wishing as well. Um, and then you know, most of them saying, "Oh, this is the first time I've ever been ahead of Finley Wild in a race." <laughs> um, and then on the way back, we passed a few, and we saw a couple of folk coming back, coming up, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some late starters on the on the boats that took a while to get to Sarland. So yeah, it's quite sociable. And then, yeah, back on the boat, and actually, we've kind of got the easy job now because we, we've had a massive feed, umpteen cups of tea, we're just chilling, and um, the guys, the sailors, are going to have a, a long night. We're going to go to sleep pretty soon. Mm-hmm. And so what's the issue with the tide? So we're going with the tide. Yeah, so, I mean, so far, in terms of tidal stuff, it's actually worked out quite well, hasn't it? Because the tide was going up the sound of mole when we were trying to go up the sound of mole. Yeah. And then while we were on the hill, the tide turned. So now the tide is going down the sound of mole. Um, so that wasn't too bad. The trouble is... That's, which is the way we're going. Yeah, yeah so, so we're going down the sound of mole. I think the trouble is that the tide's going to turn again and we're going to get stuck at this, this tidal trap called the sound of luing, which is a sort of narrow gap between Luing and some other island. Ling? I'm going to say Ling. You're going to say Ling, are you? <laughs> yeah, probably Ling. Sound of Ling. Um, which is, yes, south. It's between Ling and Lunga, actually. I think that's it. You're trying to go through Ling and Lunga and then um, to the east of Scarba, which is the, the wee island to the north of the top of Jura. Um, so th- I think the, the general consensus is that nobody's going to get through that before the tide turns and basically will not let you through um, a tidal trap and that's going to be at about one in the morning so then the whole race is going to concertina up and yeah even the guys in the lead um, are not going to get there we're not going to get through that and, and so then the big dilemma is do we anchor you know because the, the, with the tide turning the tide's going to just take us back to where we, <laughs> we <laughs> yeah. are from back to Salem <laughs> <laughs> Because we've, yeah, so we, we kind of started the run probably in like 12th and then pulled back to maybe third. Uh, yeah, we were sort of third, second, weren't we? I guess yeah. we, we we finished just behind Jasmine Paris and Conrad Rollett, but yeah. but then because they had to get into their own inflatable kayak, um, we sort of set off into the water, basically, well, we crashed into them, didn't we? Tried to, yeah. a collision going on there. Take them out. Yeah. Um, and then there was one team ahead of us. She's your pal. Yeah, Robin, Robin yeah. Downey and um, Ross. Kriya? Yeah. Is that right? Kriya, yeah. Kruber? Sorry, Ross, we've temporarily forgotten your surname. But Ross, who won the Kelman? Mm. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, I think that's probably it for now, isn't it? Uh, we're just going to... Yeah. We're going to have a chill. Oh, that's oh a bit of... hear that noise? That's the wind picking up, eh? <laughs> something i think it's because it, it might be a dolphin past. oh yeah. no it's it's a um, calmac or, or a fishing boat great right um we'll update you next time
Hello. All right, Finley, how are you doing? All Enjoying right. the sailing? <laughs> Loving it. Where's my phone? Let's do a backup. Um, I'll switch this off. Yeah. Put this on. And just a wee backup there. Um, how will we start it? You want me to ask Eve some questions? <laughs> uh, well, let's just chat. Yeah. Um, i just check that's still going. Yeah, that looks okay. I guess we're talking quite quiet, but maybe just, yeah, let's talk. Let's not whisper. How, how loud are you going to talk? Um, probably quite quietly, feeling a bit subdued. <laughs> let's just maybe put that up a little bit, okay. the level. Um... We're checking in again. It's uh, over 24 hours since we did our last wee update. update. Mm -hmm. uh, it's uh, what, one in the morning, something like that. Um, and we're just uh, leaving Craig House on Jura. Uh, slowly. Very slowly, <laughs> under sail. So, uh, Joe, yeah, what's happened in the last 24 um, hours? Yeah, it's good news and bad news, really. Um, <laughs> Bad news is the toilet's broken, yeah. <laughs> so we've managed to make shift with a bucket. Which, yeah, maybe your listeners don't need to know that. Um, the good news is um, we absolutely smashed it round <laughs> the paps, um, somewhat unexpectedly, Finley, wasn't it really? Um, yeah. So, yeah. So we. Um, yeah. So we last. Um, well, after we checked in last time, we had a good sleep. Uh, but the winds were really light coming from, from Mull down to Jura um, and seemingly got, I think, even lighter. Yeah, well, you, you say we had a good sleep, Finlay. I think you had two good sleeps. Yeah. <laughs> you slept all night and then you got up, we saw you for a bit and then slept most of the afternoon as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was slack calm at points. We anchored up because the tide was pushing us the wrong way. Uh, the, the guys were rowing, but the tide was at one point too strong for, for rowing against it. So they dropped um, an anchor, yeah. Yeah, we saw loads of minky whales, which was really cool. Um, yeah, and then getting in, and, and the paps looked quite clear as we, it was quite tantalising. We were sort of anchored up quite. Yeah, quite so I guess, it, well, this thing about Jura is you see Jura for a long time before you get to Craig House because it's, it's a long island and the paps are really clustered in the bottom third of the island. So you uh, you hit Jura. The north of Jura is just beautiful, wild place, isn't it? There's uh, nothing up there, a few scattered farmsteads and um, a track that sort of takes you to the very end of the island. But it's a magical place, North Jura. And then you look at Jura, and it's a while for, before you actually see the paps, but we, we got a good view of them. And it was a nice day for it a while. Was, yeah, you talked about clearing. going for a swim, swim yeah, didn't yeah, you? Yeah. yeah, for about 10 minutes there was sun <laughs> while we were anchored. I was yeah. like, I could swim. But then it, then it got, <laughs> then it glided over. And then the, yeah, the clag was coming down and uh, just a bit damp and it rained while the, the guys were rowing. Yeah. Yeah. Don't think spirits were always high, were they, with, this, with our awesome sailing team? And we got off, so we got to... 
um, to the village hall at Craig House at, uh, I'm just checking, it was about eight, wasn't it? It was about quarter past eight. Yeah. Where is it? Yeah, we started running our leg at eight or nine. Um, yeah, we, t we decided to obviously take the good head torches. <laughs> yeah. Um, and... And what did I say to you, Finlay? I said, this is just about survival, really, isn't it? We, yeah. We, uh, before we started this race, obviously, for me, knowing I was partnered with Finlay, I thought, well, it'd be good to go fast on Jura. Um, because, now, running records in this race are a little bit tricky because the, the website, the organisers have haven't completely kept it up to date um but certainly when i started doing it in 2003 um there was a list of records published on the site and at some point between then and now they've taken that away but because i did it for many years consecutively i was i kept an eye on what times were being done and none of those records got broken i was trying until i broke the record on mull with my brother in 2009 um and we, we took the record down, I think, from something like th 3 hours 23 to 3 hours 18. Um, but we didn't finish the race like that year. Okay. Um, so I don't know whether that means it's valid or not, but it certainly appeared on the website and on the um, on the Scottish Hill Racing website as a record. Um, and then subsequently in 2012, um, I took the mull record down again with Robbie Simpson to two, 3 hours 12. Which I think we talked about in the update after Mull, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. It's kind of a bit mental because we were just getting back to the road at three hours twelve. Um, but perhaps me and Robbie paid for that a little bit <laughs> later on. Um, and then, I've, then all the times have actually been published ever since. And I guess because I've been interested in the times, I've looked through them all. Um, and the only record that's been broken since two thousand and twelve was when I broke the Aaron record with Ed, Ez Tresider in 2016. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So the published record was um, 254 and we took it down to 244, slightly unexpectedly. Because um, we hadn't been running particularly... Yeah, we'd been running well, but not, not close to any of the other records up to that point. Um, but the one record that still was out with my grasp was Jura. So that, according to the... The website had been um, Mark Rigby and Ian Ferguson from 1990. Three hours, four minutes and 30 seconds. 1994, was it? 1994, yeah. sorry, you're right, thanks Finlay. <laughs> 1994, um, three, hours, three hours, four minutes, 30 seconds. And in uh, 2012 with Robbie, I missed that by three minutes. Three hours, seven minutes and 30 seconds. Um, and I think that's the closest I've been. And before this race, I thought, well, we could go for that. Yeah. Um, and the sailors were up for that. Finley's quite good at running on Jura. I was up for, for a try at that, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but we basically thought that's, that's out the window because we're arriving. It's going to get dark halfway through. It's raining. We can't see the paps. Let's just, let's just survive, get round. And I gave our sailors an estimated return time of three and a half hours. You know. um, do you want to pick up the story? Yeah, I mean, 
I was pretty worried after Mull about um, what my legs were going to be like for Jura because, uh, yeah, they didn't feel great after Mull. Yeah, yeah. and I, I would have been the same, but, you know, 12 years of doing this has taught me that yeah. your legs can feel shot at Mull <laughs> and somehow they come back on Jura. I think the bog helped, you know, that sort of soft ground. Yeah. Also, we've had, we had a like lot rest, almost yeah, a, a full 24 hours rest, yeah. whereas in what ideal conditions, you might have six hours rest. I think, yeah, in, in very in like good conditions, conditions yeah, you might zip down in six hours, yeah. Um, but, yeah, they felt pretty good. Um, we set off, I think, yeah, we set a good pace to start with, and initially it's a bit of road, and then there's, like, a long kind of boggy, undulating track, which you were certainly setting a, a good pace on. I was, um, yeah, I found it okay, but it was, yeah, we weren't really talking much. <laughs> no, no. I think uh, I was just focusing on the... I wasn't focusing on any kind of time. I was focusing on not going wrong. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Hence the lack of chat. I was ch- checking the map, making sure because there's, there's sort of various different Argo tracks. I think they're called these sort of Argo vehicles that the deer stalkers use, um, and they kind of join and rejoin and kind of they don't always correspond to what's on the map. Um, but yeah, anyway, I suppose we basically did that pretty well. Got yeah. onto going up the steeper part onto the first pap. And uh, we sort of t- started, because it's steeper, you're maybe not running as hard. You start maybe uh, talking, we started talking about the problems of the world. <laughs> and and then glanced at the watch and was like, hold on, we're actually, uh, this is just like an hour in. Uh, and we knew that your split time with S. Yeah, so we looked at the S split times, didn't we? So because um, when I did it, Robbie, I didn't have Strava and my Sunto Moose count was an older version. So I can't check those splits but we looked at the split times from when it i did do it with Ez and it's on strava and it was there uh, our time then was three hours 11 minutes so i guess we had a sort of time that we thought well if we get if we can shave seven minutes off that then that's the record um three hours four minutes 30 yeah um so we'd looked at those splits hadn't we and this the split at the top of the first pap was one hour 16 minutes for me and Ez, um in 2018 i think it was when we did it yeah that's right 2018 my last one actually five years ago yeah so yeah i just said hmm, maybe we should uh, stop talking and actually we're, we're on good time so let's yeah, just yeah. crack on and see what happens somewhat rudely you said just shut <laughs> it joe let's uh let's get a shift on <laughs> I'm known for my rude outspoken Yeah, bluntness. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so then we yeah, we got on and uh Yeah, then um I mean great for me because um I, I haven't obviously haven't done this this race route which is different from the, the Jura race route uh for ages. So but once we got to the top of uh the first pap, yeah, then I could link into sort of the knowledge of the race route. Yeah. And uh yeah. We took us down some scree and up the second pap. Uh, I mean, that all went kind of okay, didn't it? We seemed to be... Yeah, so we were hitting times about sort of nine, ten minutes quicker than than I was doing with S. With S, yeah. 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 Um, and, and at this point, it was sort of claggy. Um, yeah, getting, getting dark. darker. Didn't have the head torches on. Going so down to the call up the third pap, we got the head torches like on our heads ready, but uh, didn't quite need them at this point. And it was quite it was fun because it was um, 
you know, time-wise, we knew, okay, you know, time-wise, we're running fast enough probably to get to get that record. But it's just how many mistakes are we going to make when it gets dark? Yeah. Which was coming imminently. Yeah. And I guess there's there's types of mistakes, aren't there? There's, there's the little mistakes where you lose a, a minute by not taking a, the best line. And then there's the epic mistake where you go off the path <laughs> in the wrong direction. Or find think, yourself think, in the wrong valley. And it worked well as yeah as a team because you've obviously done that race route, the you know the the peaks race race route a ton of times. Yeah, I've done well. We've both done the Durafell race race route a lot. Um, and we were talking, kind of checking in with each other and saying, "What do you think about this?" And you know, I had a strategy. We'd kind of discuss that and the map and everything as we were yeah. going. Um, yeah. So then came off what off the top uh final descent it's getting pretty dark at this point yeah we definitely needed head torches (laughs) as in you can see around you but you can't see where you're putting your feet and yeah that's quite critical when it's either scree or lumpy grass (laughs) so yeah we put them on we didn't take we took the right kind of line off that hill as in you so the peaks race route the best route is really to retrace your steps off Ben, spelt Shianti, pronounced something like Hianti, um, for about 200 metres back the way you came and then drop down a sort of grassy lip. Um, and there is an angled grassy lip that basically takes you all the way down to Loch Antisiob that you need to cross at the bottom to get into the valley that takes you down to the Three Arch Bridge. But when you can't see beyond 20 metres ahead of yourself... Mm. You just can't see where that lip is going, and we ended up on some pretty chunky scree, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. Not ideal. Yeah. So we didn't get we we got the general right yeah. line, but we didn't get the kind of the actual the optimum racing yeah. line, yeah. Uh, which we kind of knew was going to happen, and just batter yeah. on, get, yeah. get to the lock, and then it's a sort of yeah boggy, muddy, yeah, <laughs> winding trod from there. It's quite straight though when you look at it, yeah, yeah. on the map. It's a, it's yeah, actually, it's not windy, but it's a bit up yeah. and downhill. It's a bit the overall picture's straight, but undulating. You're kind of winding in and out of bits of bog, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, and it was it was looking pretty good at this point, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think from from the point where we hit Loch Anseob, knowing that we we hadn't completely gone wrong off Ben Hint, and knowing that um, that the line was pretty difficult to get wrong once you're on that path i thought yes we 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 can get this record but we're gonna really struggle to break three hours Mm. (laughs) yeah which was uh only became a sort of secondary objective i think (laughs) at some point and it was it was claggy right down to three arch bridge basically yeah yeah, yeah, it's come um, right in you couldn't really see outlines of anything you had a moment Um, of panic didn't you? yeah i was like just okay i knew we were in the right place but i just sort of it's like what about those trees? I wanted to just take the best line, and yeah, these yeah. panics are kind of good because they keep you keep you thinking and looking at the map. Yeah, yeah. So then, and then we got to Three Arch Bridge and uh, ran the road. Yeah, and yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah, in the in the full dark, uh, just looking at the lights of Craig House, drawing along. ever nearer. Yeah, <laughs> a long way off. Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. about what? What's it about? 5k free arch to Craig House? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe 5.5, maybe. Yeah, 
it's a funny feeling because you've still got your fell shoes on and you've just been running up. But anybody who's done the Durafell race knows that feeling. Unless you change shoes. Do you change shoes? No. 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 I've never changed shoes, actually. No, and the stories of people in Durafell race sort of stopping to change shoes and then having mad cramps. Yeah, and, well, uh, while they're changing yeah. their shoes. Or I think, I can't remember which way around it is. I think Jethro Lennox was telling me one year he, he changed his shoes when he was with Ian Holmes at Three Arch Bridge. And obviously by the time he changed his shoes, Ian Holmes had a minute's lead on him. And then at the end, Ian Holmes had a minute's lead on him. <laughs> yeah. And they basically ran the same pace in different <laughs> shoes. So it doesn't always work. Yeah, and then yeah, it was lovely to get yeah into the hall, and there was quite a big gang of uh, of race officials there, and yeah, yeah. So thanks very much to them for all their all their work, and yeah, pretty delighted because it was so unexpected. And uh, yeah, I think when we yeah. talk about that, it's almost like the pressure off is is all is almost nicer, you know, as in if we landed yeah. during the light with all my chat about you know having this one th- theoretical record that on this race that I don't yet have. If we'd landed you in the light, <laughs> then the pressure would, you know, anything but getting it would have been, would have felt like, you know, not a failure, but, you know, a kind of objective missed. But when the pressure, you know, we didn't, we weren't going for it, well, yeah. not for the first hour. <laughs> then we were. Um, but we were just loving being on Jura, weren't we? I think that's the other thing to talk about, you know. Yes. On the way up, we just, because we'd been... I mean, we're not, we're definitely not cooped up in here. I mean, it's pretty spacious. Yeah. But we've been sat, sat down eating or sleeping. Was that kind of primed, primed way where you're, you're waiting to to perform, aren't you? Uh, And yeah, not quite sure when it's going to be. And uh, I find it quite hard to keep psyched when it's like that. Yeah. Yeah. Hence going back for a sleep. Uh, but yeah, and I think course. there's just more this sort of primal thing as well. Is about just one, you know, we want to be in mountains, don't we? Yeah. That's why we're hill runners, and so it, it, I don't think I got the relief actually when we got off the boat and ran along the road there. It was only when we were on the fell proper that you'd look around. There was a stag up there marking the route for us, yeah. wasn't there? Getting up to yeah, Benahulis was yeah, brilliant getting up there and. It's very, you were saying on the way, yeah, it's very, if you were dropped in here, parachuted in here, you didn't know where you were, it's very, you know, you'd recognise Jura, it's very distinctive, yeah. the screes and... That was yeah. when we were chatting before we were allowed, we had to stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, um, I mean, obviously there's other people to race, uh, so... Yeah, that record, so we'll see who, how long, who knows how long it lasts. Looks like we've got it for now. <laughs> I think um, I'm going to have to ask the organisers if they can please, please, you know, go through these old times just to to try and tidy it up. I, I think they want, uh, the, one of the things that's really nice about records is is seeing the progression and the history of the sport. Yeah. That's that's probably the, the biggest thing because obviously, you know, I've said before on on the podcast, you know, about records trying to beat. If you've got a time to aim for, it's much easier than. That's why records get beaten partly, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah because you can sort of visualise it and sort of yeah chunking it up I mean that's what I mean knowing those split times from when I did it with Ez in 2018 probably made all the difference didn't it because it you know it just gave us that encouragement that yeah if we can keep pushing here we've we've got this yeah 
Um, so I'm not sure. Are we sailing or rowing? I think we're. I think we're sailing. Yeah, I can't hear but that sort of oar sound. We should probably go and offer Gordon and Ian and Alan a cup of tea because they've been looking after us amazingly. Yeah. <laughs> and then get some Absolutely. sleep. Yep. Great. Thanks, Finn. Yeah. Twenty-two hours later, we're back on board the ship. Um, yeah, uh, we have just come off running the, the Aaron section up Go Fell, and uh, it's yeah got got dark again now, and heading off back to Troon. But the good news is we seem to be sailing, not rowing. There was a lot of rowing on the way into Lamlash. There was an awful lot of rowing, and yeah, slow progress uh, getting around Mill of Kintyre and up to to Aaron. So um, we got quite a rest. Yep. And another almost 24 hours rest, yeah. isn't it? Just a run a day here. It's not too bad. So the, the third one is, um, yeah, uh, park up at Lamlash on Arran, run over the hill, uh, then to Brodick, and then the kind of the quickest way up and up Goat Fell. Up the then, tourist path, turn yeah. around and come back down. Yeah. Which was really fun. The best thing about it was, um, well, there was a couple of things. One, we met quite a lot of teams. Uh, yeah, we we did quite a lot of effective high fives, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> Unusual. Which was real sociable because we, yeah, we've been out of touch with people for a while. Uh, and then at the top, there was a bit of clag, but we got out the top of that into a bit of a sort of semi-inversion yeah. and lovely sunset looking back over Jura and just, yeah, Aaron is a great place to be when the weather's like that. Yeah, and then there was a note on the summit from my nine-year-old daughter. Yes. <laughs> She'd been up earlier in the day. She left us a note saying I was a weirdo for doing this sort of thing, <laughs> which is fair enough. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, we battered back down, and uh, yeah, it's quite a long way uh, on tired legs. Um, yeah, it's brutal, actually. Over. Aaron's always brutal. There's a, a lot of fast running along the coast. And, you know, two-thirds of the running is just sort of cross-country running and roads um, before you go up the big track and down the big track. Um, There's probably quite a lot of sound of the, the waves. We're down in the, yeah, the right bowels in the bow, yeah. of, the, of the boat uh, in the cabins. So, yeah, hopefully we're not going to have to do too much rowing if the wind stays up. Yeah, we did volunteer, didn't we? They were very good to us. They, let, yeah. they wanted to preserve our legs. Um, so they've done all the rowing so far, but we did volunteer that we might do some rowing if we need. But fingers crossed that wind will keep going. <laughs> um, so yeah, what's what's likely to happen is at some point between in two hours' time and six hours' time, we'll get into Troon. Probably not any kind of frantic race with any other team. There don't seem to be any that yeah. are close enough. Um, and then we go back in the dinghy, me and Finlay, um, and Ian, our chief rower roses onto the pontoon and we do have to we have to run again i'm afraid we <laughs> do to, yeah you run up the pontoon <laughs> to the finish and then yeah there's more more volunteer marshals there sat there it's incredible it's mad isn't it you know all these marshals at these kit checks are 24 7 all through the night waiting for sporadic teams of r- runners to come through and do their kit checks it's a all voluntarily it's just a yeah credit to them really isn't it yeah absolutely and um the other thing is we won't know the result of the race till 
well, everyone finishes, everyone which finishes. brings us on to an important point, doesn't <laughs> it, Finley? So we, um, so we just got back on Aaron, and Finley says, uh, I've got some news. <laughs> so after all our jubilation about um, breaking the 20... What was it? 29-year-old, that's it? 29-year-old record on Jura. <laughs> so this record stood since 1994. How many times has this race happened since then? Probably... Um, every year but three so you know, 26 efforts average of 25 teams per go no one's no one's beaten that record um, and then we did last night and then we discovered that Sasha Chaplin and Jamie Patterson broke our record by just under two minutes yeah about 12 hours after we'd done it so yeah great work guys yeah it's excellent. Yeah, so they went sub three, uh, two fifty nine thirty, something yeah. like that, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, looks like they had yeah a great day out. They even had time to take some photos. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's that's uh, that's that's really cool. Yeah. Uh, they're obviously super strong. We knew yeah we knew Sasha was really strong. Uh, we didn't we didn't personally know Jamie as much so. We but, but Sasha called him a king descender, didn't he? Yeah. yeah so, so, yeah, so clearly he is. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that's just how it goes. And it's kind of part yeah. of the fun because uh, obviously we're all trying to push ourselves. And, yeah. Um, it's not like a normal race where you start at the same time. So, yeah. But you did say it might make you um, tempted to come back next year. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's, yeah, I think it's, it's um, as many people have said, like, there's no point in having a record that no one's interested in, right? Yeah, exactly. So it's cool if people are trying to push each other and break break things down and yeah there's a lot of strong runners around at the moment so um yeah keen to see what they do and yes yeah, yeah i think it's, it's obviously says something about the health of the runners that are in this competition that you know yeah. after 29 years is yes two two breakages of that record within 12 hours you know um in not ideal can i mean obviously it wasn't ideal for yeah. us because it was quite dark and claggy but it, it wasn't even ideal during daylight, really. It was quite quite wet the ground. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So and yeah, we'll have to see um, what they do for the overall running time because we don't yeah, know yeah. what they ran on Mull. Yeah, they we, kept that closely guard the secret. We weren't particularly fast on Mull. Mull no, um, we were reasonably fast. I think we're, I, we're the second fastest ever by my reckoning on Aaron on just Aaron. now. Okay. So yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, we'll um, we'll maybe get a bit of sleep and some food, and uh, let you know uh, an update when, when we know. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, when we know, and obviously by that point, hopefully we'll have finished this race, right? Yeah. <laughs> Still uh, a little bit to go. Yeah. Um, just I suppose my own my own thoughts. It's just been an absolute pleasure doing it with you, Joe. Uh, very Likewise. different memories from 15 years ago. Uh-huh. <laughs> Where I just was, I just did not have the running in my legs at all to be able to enjoy any part of it, really. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, so, you're saying something. Well, if you could add up all beat. the all the yeah. all the time you spent running pre 2008 when you last did it versus post 2008, probably 95 yeah. percent of it's all happened post 2008. Yeah. So it was nice to do it as, um, yeah, as more of an actual runner with some some runner legs and endurance but of course you, that just means you you run faster so then you still get still tired yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well i'm glad you felt you were running fast enough to, to, <laughs> yeah. to at least get a bit tired i think yeah 
and definitely was a limiting factor. But, you know, I'm delighted to get round because, you know, I've really only managed to put really six weeks of proper decent training in prior to this because of various injuries and um, health problems. So it's, uh, it's great to have been able to get to the point where not only have I got round, but, you know, not slowed Finley Wilder too much <laughs> and done some pretty well, fast great. times. Yeah. Um, so the, we reckon probably what's added up has, um, has added up to something just short of what used to be the King of the Bends record before before um, me and Robbie did it. But we, we, we'll need to wait and see what uh, Sasha and Jamie and, yeah, and maybe yeah. other teams as well in this race uh, add up to as well. So. Cool. Great. Thanks, Finn. Right. It's been a pleasure. Bye-bye. So just to finish off then, yeah, I'm back home now. Um, well, firstly, this podcast has been quite fun. Uh, I don't know; it'll be one of my quite lo- it'll be one of my longest ones now, uh, probably when I splice it all together. But it'll be interesting to see how that works. Um, but it's been fun anyway, talking about things as as they've occurred. Um, so after we checked out last time, we'd just come off uh, Aaron, and we were sailing back over to Troon. So that was uh, that went pretty quick. It was in the dark, but it was. Um, bit choppy and yeah good breeze so got in uh, got into Troon Marina uh, about 1am uh, back in the dinghy and uh, this time um, Alan rode us in uh, quite a long row uh, anyway uh, yeah get to the marina it's kind of middle of the night nothing happening lots of boats uh, all moored up and uh, run run along the marina and up to the, the main sort of uh, office, I suppose, where there's yeah the team of the race officials, volunteers, uh, and yeah, so officially finish. Uh, then we had a little bit of a celebration on the boat, and yeah, just nice to sort of appreciate that with with everyone because it did feel feel like a real great kind of team effort. Um, and I guess as runners, we often are just doing things on our own, so uh, yeah, that's a real nice aspect to it. We it looks like we did get the king of the bends, so the, that's for the fastest uh, combined time on the on the three runs. Uh, so that's that's really cool. Um, delighted by that. Uh, would I come back? Uh, I think I think so. I, I really enjoyed it. I think I got off pretty lightly on the sort of the sea aspect. Um, so got quite a lot of yeah recovery. <laughs> got loads of recovery. Um, because of the, the light winds and slow boat speeds uh, for everyone. But also, you know, there wasn't much seasickness because it wasn't very choppy or anything. So it would be kind of interesting to see what it's like in a really windy year uh, with way less rest uh, between the runs and, you know, having to struggle with being sick and, and trying to eat and, and fuel enough. Uh, kind of would be interesting to see what that's like, but um, I'm sure it's... Yeah, obviously it's not going to be very nice. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I'm just going to finish here. That's uh, the end of this episode. And, yeah, see you next time.